Welcome to our next episode of Hold Fast. This is a shorter chapter called Cast. It starts on page 239 and it goes to page 247. So go ahead in your book and find page 239 where it gives the background information on the word cast. Page 239. Cast is from the Middle English casten. It's a verb to hurl, toss, or fling, to throw outward, to calculate or add numbers. And it's a noun to the throw of dice, a stroke of fortune or fate. Cast. Two FBI agents arrived and asked to talk to some alone. Mrs. Happity shuffled Early and Juby out before some could argue. What did I miss? Early asked as soon as some came out. What else? But some shook her head. You heard most of it. They've caught some of the bad folks and now truly believe Dash is innocent. That's the greatest gift of all. But they're still missing pieces of the picture, details on the diamond smuggling operation, and who all is involved. They kept asking me if Dash had ever mentioned the warehouse location, the one Mr. Allslip sent them to look to looked impossible. Completely abandoned. I couldn't help. Interesting early thought. Clear the, clearly the rhythm of fear, a fluttering on-off beat, was preventing Mr. Allslip from telling them everything. Maybe he was still afraid of the gang members who hadn't been yet been caught, the men he'd seen each time he dropped off the boxes. So the big, big news is that it's safe for our Dash to come out. He just has to somehow get told. One of the FBI agents told me that they wouldn't release anything about a famous diamond, stolen diamond before being found or the unsuspected gem smuggling until they had more information, but they would show pictures of Dash asking that he come forward for protection. They'd also say that his family was waiting. Here's some's voice wobbled and she had to stop. No one had spelled out the worst possibility of all that Dash was no longer alive. Early was overjoyed, but also terrified. Did the police know as much as she did? Did they know there might be, no, was another loose diamond involved and close by? And that it might well be a stone from that most famous of all diamond heists? Was it really safe for Dash to appear? So we're all waiting, some was saying, as if everything had been solved Dash can truly head home now and fill in the details for everyone. He feels so close, it's agony not to be able to reach out and grab him. Early nodded. She had to think and wished at that moment that her brains were as hard and bright as a diamond, that stone with so many secrets. But a pearl, she reminded herself, comes from something uninvited and difficult, a grain of sand in an oyster something that eventually over time becomes a thing of beauty, better to be a pearl. Can I lie down upstairs for a few minutes? Of course, baby. Sum and Juby took a load of laundry downstairs to do a wash while Early rested in the room, which was just what she wanted, a few minutes alone. Dash, she said urgently, and this time in a whisper, Dash, I don't know what to do. 
She heard the grinding of garbage trucks somewhere outside. She stared at the dark wall opposite their window and wished she could see a sliver of sky or at least some color. Maybe she should flush the diamond down the toilet and no one would ever know the Pearl family had been living with it. Then she thought of all the people outside in the snow, people with cups, hopeful signs, and only a few quarters. She wished with all her heart that the diamond could fly magically out the shelter door and into some of those sad hands answering dreams. Then she focused on one of the missing pieces that could be essential, the warehouse address. Suddenly, she heard Dash loud and clear, you can do this. It's not as hard as it seems. She sat straight up on the bed. Dash, she whispered, and quite suddenly she recognized something else. Everything here was connected like the facets on that tiny stone in her pocket, like the beat in Langston's book. On the last page, he'd written that all men's lives and everything, every living thing were related to rhythms of time and space and wonder. The address, an hourly beat of threes that in turn added to multiples of three. Why hadn't she seen this before? Mr. Allslip had practically told her. The number was 369, it had to be. But how could she let the police know? It would seem strange if some told them, after she just assured the FBI she didn't know anything. And would the police take a phone call from a kid or even listen to her? Early went through the adults who might be willing to help, jumped up and grabbed a new pocket notebook. She carefully ripped out one page and began to write. Cast, I'm just going to take a nice hot shower or some. Is that okay? Early asked as soon as Summon Juby came in the door. Sure, baby, Summon said. Early stood, already hugging her towel, clean clothes, and shampoo bottle. Once out the door, she closed it and took off at a quick, silent run for the stairs. Velma was on the first floor, slumped at one of the big, long tables where she often sat during the day. Velma, Early called out. Come on, we gotta talk. She hurried Velma around the corner to the hallway in front of the tutoring room, which was locked and empty. It was hard to find a place in Helping Hand where you could be alone for a few moments. Minutes later, Velma walked toward the shelter door, beaming. Headed to glory. I'll tell them cops where to look, but just the bare bones, and I'll give them, you know, the goods. Everything will be perfect, she muttered, patting the, the huge pocket on her coat. Thanks, Velma. You're the best, Early said. Tell your mama I'm still watching her stuff, Velma called over her shoulder. Cast. Velma did some inventing for Early. First, she walked into the police station nearby and announced to one of the detectives that she was a friend of the Pearl family over at Helping Hand and that she had found a diamond on the floor in the shelter after the man with the black bag had been arrested. She handed it over. Next, she showed them the note printed carefully by Early, whose handwriting was tidier than hers. It said 369 Warehouse in Marquette Park. Velma claimed in another little lie that she'd overheard the man who was later arrested making a cell phone call and mentioning these words. The police fed Velma a delicious pasta lunch after she'd shown them that she didn't have the teeth to bite into a sandwich. 
While they waited at the precinct for news, the FBI, accompanied by Chicago police detectives, sped back and forth through Marquette Park as they did. Velma told the officer waiting with her in the station the truth about the address. It had been given in a kind of code to Dasher Pearl by a colleague at the Chicago Public Library who had gotten him into the book business, a certain Mr. Allslip, and it was Dash's daughter, Early, who had just figured out her father's notes. That afternoon, the case broke wide open. Bursting into a warehouse with the number 369 on the door, the officers found a group of nine armed men guarding night meat, piles of over a hundred books on a table in an otherwise empty room. They were all wearing guns but had been watching TV with the sound on loud and hadn't heard the FBI quietly removing the bars on a first floor window and entering. All nine were arrested without anyone firing a shot. The men had clearly been living in the building. There was a clothing a garbage can filled with beer bottles, soda cans, and soggy masses of fast food containers. A quick search revealed the room where they'd held Dash, a nasty bathroom with one tiny window. They swore to the police that he had escaped. That afternoon, after Velma had been driven back to the shelter by the police and the Pearls had heard the good but scary news, some went upstairs to lie down for a while before dinner, leaving Early and Juby in the tutoring room. Thelma stopped in to talk with them. She placed a hand on Early's back. You're a smart girl and a life changer. Gonna help your mama all she needs, Velma said. Hey, aren't I smart too, Juby squeaked. Velma patted his arm. Of course you are. Just like your dad, I'll bet. Juby flopped his head back and forth so vigorously that he dropped his blue truck and had to scramble after it. My father loves Langston Hughes, and he sometimes says... What's the rhythm, Langston, when he's trying to see things right, Early said. I like that, Velma said. I'm going to try asking that same thing. It helps, Early said. And thanks again, Velma, for everything. Early, you quite a girl, Velma said. Juby, keep driving. Come on now. It's time to go find your mama and tell her waiting time is better than no time at all. And that is today's chapter of CAST, pages 239 to 247. Be sure you do your three vocabulary words and answer the comprehension questions. They can all be found on our Weebly. Hope to see you soon.